Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Feedback and Insight Share number 70. We're talking about the Jewish perspective on sexuality and what the purpose of sexual intimacy is. Um, a lot of this is taken from the work of Dr. Yechevet Debo. Um, and um, we're going to start off today talking about what the purpose is. And we know there are two mitzvahs that are associated with sexual intimacy. The first is the first mitzvah of the Torah, uh, brought down in Parshish Bereshis, Peru Urvu, be fruitful and multiply, which is a commandment to procreate, to produce children. The second mitzvah is found in Parshish Mishpatim, Parakhaf Aleph, Pasik Yud, when it talks about that the males should provide for their wives, her allowance means her her food, sustenance, clothing, and oinasa means the conjugal rights, which means sexual intimacy. That the phrase oinasa means that the husband is obligated to satisfy his wife sexually. And these two mitzvahs, these two commandments, are two separate important reasons why human beings have sexual relationships and why Jews have sexual relationships. And um, in Judaism, people misinterpret it. Um, maybe it's because of the overemphasis on unhealthy sexual aspects in our culture, so we want to combat it, so we go fire against it, but sometimes something gets lost in the translation, and many people claim that no, that the sole purpose of sexual intimacy is in order to fulfill the commandment of Pru'ervu, and that is true that it's a primary reason for sexual relations, but it's not the only reason, and proof of this is from the fact that it's a mitzvah to provide one's wife with sexual satisfaction, and it's encouraged and it's expected, even in cases where there's no possibility of pregnancy. So, for example, um, sexual relations between a husband and wife is permitted and recommended, even at times when conception is not possible, when the woman is already pregnant or unable to conceive, already reached menopause, and Allah makes it clear that it's the husband's responsibility to be sexually intimate with his wife, making no differentiation whether the woman can or cannot become pregnant or have children. He has a separate responsibility to fulfill her sexually. So the question, of course, is that many teenagers ask and others ask, and it's a legitimate question. And they say, the bottom line is, human beings, Hashem put in us a natural physical response to sexual stimulation. Just like we have a basic need for food and drink and other types of needs, there's no question that Hashem put it in our nature as a positive force. And this makes no difference. You could be uh, with the biggest shmir saying, now impossible and and uh, the Kedush of Tahara, but the bottom line is, Hashem put in us this drive, this sexual desire, uh, 
And it's true that the outside world, in the advertising and in Hollywood, try to take advantage of the sexual drive in order to sell products and, 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 and misuse it in many, many ways. And we choose to respect the sexual drive as an important port, a place and in, in force to be used only in specific times. But the bottom line is, is that the human body is programmed to respond to sexual stimulation. And that's why the Chazal space, uh, made gedarim and guidelines to help people abstain from intimate relationship and sexual relationships before marriage because, they, because in the Torah view, it's not yet the time for sexual intimacy. And teenagers are puzzled by this. And they ask very often their parents, and if they have the courage, they ask their rabbeim and their mentors. And they say, hey, listen, you know, yes, we're not married, and we're not going to marry for a good few years, but this sexual response is perfectly natural. Why isn't it the right time? Why isn't it normal? Why isn't it good? Hashem put it in our nature. Why can't we act on that nature? And one of the primary reasons is, here is, and Mrs. DuBois really does a fascinating, great job in explaining this, that here is where Yiddishkeit, where Judaism is very different than the modern world than most of the modern world, I should say. Because we choose to delay immediate gratification. In other words, in Yiddishkeit and Judaism, and the truth is, in other basic religions that have yet their heads screwed on somewhat straight, and in some of the conservative uh, people in our culture, there are a few left still, they see human beings as being different from animals. And in Torah, he sees human beings as being different from animals. We have a Tzalem Aleikim. Even non-Jews have a Tzalem Aleikim. They are different from the animal world. And unlike animals, we have the capacity to control our natural desires through the power of our mind. And we are expected to use this capacity because that's what separates a man from a beast. Moisa Adam min they say, is ayin, is the fact that you could say no, or that you could delay gratification, immediate gratification. So sexuality is a powerful drive. There's no question about it. And Hashem wants it to be expressed at the right time. But it must be joined with a kedusha that results from being created in a tzal malikim. And Hashem is saying, I'm giving you a tzal malikim, together with the sexual drive, so that you have the capacity and you have the ability to use that sexual drive in, in the right place and in the right time and in the right framework. Not to chalila destroy the sexual urge, but to direct it in healthy ways until it gets expressed in the safe um, and proper uh, framework of a healthy marriage between one man and one woman on a long-term, permanent relationship. And the way you keep sexuality special is you stay away from the ad, the, the culture that advertises taking advantage of the sexual drive and, of course, avoiding pornography. Now, there is a... She quotes someone, a Naomi Wolf, who I think is a 
feminist writer, and I think she's from the reform movement or something, if I recall correctly. And uh, but she does analyze how expo- exposure to pornography is very negative, and it has a tremendously damaging effect on teenagers. And it changed the whole um, the exposure to it on the internet. It, it changed the way men perceive women sexually and the way they perceive pleasure and it changed the nature of what men now expect from women sexually speaking as they became exposed to pornography pornography movies where they depict women that their sole interest is to fulfill male fantasies in often violent ways and negative ways and damaging ways that takes a toll on the emotional health of the people that are watching these things. And um, even she, who is a liberal, this Naomi Wolf, uh, understood from the studies on pornography how it's important to go back to the traditional values of what, sexu- what sexuality is and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu meant it to be and not to immerse ourselves in these programs and this, these images. And... Again, we talk, of course, on the Leisasuru, the Isser of Leisasuru, but just even on the common sense. I say this many times when I talk to people about this, that if they would not be Jewish, or if they would not have the Isser Leisasuru, it would still be the same. It is very unhealthy to expose yourself to pornography, and if you already have, you need to wean off it, because it does deaden a person's capacity to enjoy sexual intimacy with real life imperfect human beings and um, Dr. Debeau brings proofs to Naomi Wolf's statements on this matter on her um, studies on pornography and that not again like we said it's not just moral grounds that should be enough the Tyra's moral ground of Laisasuru and so on which we talked about a lot in earlier shiurim and Hashem and future shiurim be'ezus Hashem, but even as a non-Jew, or if someone even is not bound by loisasuru, a ben noyach maybe, although it's questionable, but let's say even if that's the case, but from an emotional health standpoint, to enjoy this life, watching pornography ultimately will have a negative impact on a person's capacity to enjoy healthy sexuality, it will have a negative impact on a person's capacity to enjoy sexual pleasure, ultimately, and intimate emotional pleasure. And um, her research, we don't need proofs for the Tyra. Tyra stands on its own. It's Tyra Schaim. But the, all these studies um, um, carry and add weight to, uh, to, 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 to justify that we don't need justification, but to prove the Tyre's concept. By the way, the same logic of bringing proofs from outside sources or from science or from true objective studies to support Tyra, we always need to know we don't need that support, but at the same time, it does give a chizik to Emuna. There is um, a book recently published called Is Atheism Dead? by someone, Eric Metaxas, a fascinating, unbelievable book talking about, from a non-Jew, talking about how science more or less proves or shows extremely great evidence that there is a God in the world, 
and that if you're an atheist, atheist means if you definitively deny God, it's not just that, uh, you know, you're anti-religious or whatever it is, and it just makes no sense whatsoever in, in logic or in the science that we have that's facing them uh, openly. And it's a fascinating book. And it is does bolster and add to your Amun and Chizik. Now you may say, a lot of us may not need this. We have Amun Pshuta anyway, and we should develop that 100%. But there's no question that when we see a certain thing in science that there's another Nakuda to prove that there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. brings this a lot, not just in Shara Yichid Vemuna, which some people learn and some people don't, but the Shar HaBechina that talks about the Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Bria and going through it too. It brings real, real um, chizik by learning these things to be Mechazik Amuna. And the same thing over here. When you read these articles and objective scientific studies on how pornography is damaging not even from a terror perspective, but from an emotional health point standpoint of any human being, of any Tzalem Alikim, it bolsters the Amuna we have in the Tyra of Leisasuru and Kedusha and why it's so important. So, and um, interesting, she says a fascinating story here. This again, Naomi Wolf, who I think is a liberal and even from the reform movement, and she visited an old friend who had become from recently. So her name was Alana, she says, okay? And she, she used to wear, when she was not religious, jeans and T-shirts and so on. And she transformed it by wearing sneistic, modest clothing, long skirts, a headscarf, and so on. And this Naomi Wolf was shocked to see her friend that way. Because she, when she was not religious, Naomi Wolf remembered her friend Ilana had waist-length, long, golden blonde hair, beautiful hair, and now she doesn't see anything. And uh, Ilana explained, only your husband gets to see her hair now. But what she explained, what she noticed about her friend and about her bedroom and so on, I guess she allowed her to go into the bedroom, which is a separate issue, but she did, um, she could sense that there was a private sexual intensity in the bedroom where they don't allow the parent, the children to come in. And she sensed that it's a deeper sexuality than she sees in, in secular liberal American culture where uh, everything is exposed and naked. there are naked women exposed in movies and in Times Square and on the internet and in Broadway and um, and here she has a friend where um, her friend's husband would not see another woman's hair. And that itself creates a sexual intensity. When a person keeps the Gidre Hatznias, it increases the feeling of the specialness of sexuality and it's enjoyed more and it becomes very special. And the, the, it makes the sexual aspects mysterious and appealing by the fact that we have these rules of tzniyas. And it's very important that in halacha also, there's differences between men and women in the area of intimacy, in the area of sexuality. In the mitzvahs, the Mepharshim talk a lot about 
being sensitive to the woman's need in this in this in, in these matters. And um the Ika Yesoid of Aina, although it goes both ways, we, we talked in the past about the 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 wife also um her role in helping her husband sexually in many ways. But ultimately the Mitzvah's Aina is really based on his chiv to her. And um his his focus is not really to be for his own desires, but rather to to satisfy both his and his wife's desires, but a big focus on his wife's desires. And to be sensitive to times when his wife is interested in sexual relationships and without her getting the nuances of even when she doesn't ask openly, but to sense when she's interested and um, there's so many dinim about it, about Meredes and about a man who makes a nether to hold back from a relationship for extended period of time. And um, it's a grounds for divorce. It's a grounds for lo- losing ksuba. It's all in Hilchus Ksubis. But so you see that it's a, it's a real integral part of the marriage connection. So Enochanami also, that the, it's mostly a woman's right from her husband, but the hus- wife herself is not totally free of responsibility and she cannot withhold her sexual relations from her husband either, not as a form of punishment or ma- manipulation and so on and so forth. So it goes both ways. But Lemaisa, a lot is on the husband, that's his mitzvah of Aina, to treat his wife sexually and to fulfill her needs sexually. And the Vilna Goyen talks about it. Um, it doesn't say, I wish you would bring the Maramakim inside where the Vilna Goyen says it. He brings down from a safer Mishkan Yisrael. So the Vilna Goyen is quoted there, but you know I'm not that comfortable always quoting from a quote. So it's a second source. So until I see it, Mamish inside, but he does in that place say that the essential requirement for the kedusha of intimacy is to increase the love and unity between husband and wife. The truth is, it makes a lot of sense. And also, what Rabbi Salanter says, Rabbi Salanter says that another person's physical needs is my spiritual needs. His gashmias is my ruchnias. So this applies a lot by Chesed. When you worry about a person, what they need, they need clothing, you'll give them clothing, they need a, their shoes, shoes are worn out, you give them a pair of shoes, um, uh, they need a bed to rest, and you give them a, a, a bed to rest. All these physical needs of another person is your ruchnius. And the same applies with Aina. Same, same applies with giving sexual pleasure to your wife. Her physical need is your ruchnias, your nisala from it. You get elevated by providing that for her and the truth is, the other way around too, from her providing it for him. And the last thing we're going to talk about today is just to open up the point of what teenagers often ask about why they can't have physical sexual relationships especially many teenagers, you know, if you tell them that it's just the hormones and sex drive, that's not always true, by the way. There are teenagers that do love deeply and intensely. It's deeper than just the physical. 
you could be cynical all you want and say, big talker, they're just interested in the sex and the, and the girl because of that, and it's nothing to do with love. Very often there is deep feelings there. There's no question. But we need to, to, uh, to, be, to, to make it clear that being quote-unquote in love is not enough. That, may, that, may, that's, that statement may sound very unromantic, very old-fashioned, but it's the truth of the truth of the truth. That being in love is not enough. It has to be everlasting and it has to be based on a permanent relationship between a man and a woman. So when a teenager does have a valid point, I have a girlfriend, I love her. We've been together for nine months. Why can't we be physical and in a physical sexual relationship? And again, it's not just lust. You have to be done the cops in many of these cases. I heard many older people just bash the whole thing and just say that the whole thing is a figment of their imagination in the Shtusavavalam. In some most cases, or many cases it is, some cases it's not. Ultimately, in some cases, actually they end up marrying that person. And the feelings are are, are 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 deep, and some of them is real. But nevertheless, they need to understand it's not just a matter of being in love. It's a matter of, okay, if you really feel that way, are you ready to marry her? Are you ready to have a long-term relationship forever and ever with this person? That's where Hashem designed it to be. Sexuality within marriage, which, by the way, can be as passionate and, and fulfilling even more than the greatest illegal fantasies that are associated with forbidden sexual relationships. Although it does say in Mishle that sweet waters are forbidden, something that's usser has its own appeal from the very fact that it's usser. But the bottom line is, is that the physical pleasure of sexual intimacy between a husband and wife is more intense, more deep than any illegal forbidden relationship. If they work on it and they focus on each other, and do it the right way, and in the right time, and in the right perspective. Then it becomes the most beautiful thing. And then she goes into the fascinating Chazal, which we just we just don't have time for. Um, but it's it's a, he goes through the whole Torah in, in Masechtas Menachas uh, about the story of someone that was going to be Nechsha with the Zayna, but he had his tzitzis. It's Menachas Daf Mem Mem Dalit on the days. And uh, Tzitzis knocked on his head, and and then he, uh, she stayed, and then he stayed away from her, and she was like, you know, what gives gives you the kayak to stay away from me? And uh, she, uh, he talked about the Tzitzis, and then he wrote down uh, the name of his town, the, the teacher in the base medrash, and then she wanted to become a ger, and then ultimately, um, she, it says a fascinating thing, and it will end off like. In, on this seaside, says the very bedcloth that she spread for him, Bavera, now when she became a ger, and now it was Lashem Shemayim, and then married legally and lawfully Alpitaira, now she could spread it to him, Kedasachadin, properly. And there's a lot of Hiroyas from this that he brings from, she brings from uh, someone, Rabbi Eliezer Berkowitz, um, that talks about this Gemara at length and goes through all the Pratim and prati pratim of it, and the lessons you can learn from it. But the one point that I do want to bring out is this idea that these very sheets that we use to spread out Bavera now is going to be used by Heter and the Kedusha implies that it's all in and of the same. 
and that even more so that it could it could it could it could create the the, the most deepest satisfaction so Judaism in a nutshell to summarize values pleasure we can learn to experience joy and pleasure and to appreciate HaKadosh Baruch Hu for it we could connect physically to our, our wives just like we connect spiritually but not from the Western culture that exploits the sexual drive for sell and cheapens it with pornography and all that, things that are tremendously damaging to a person. But Judaism does view sexual intimacy as a significant avenue for expressing emotional intimacy between a husband and a wife. And a husband is mechoyi besides pruvu to ensure the sexual intimacy is pleasurable for his wife. And overexposure to explicit sexual imagery deadens a person's capacity to enjoy true, healthy intimacy between a husband and a wife. Hatzlocha and brocha and have a wonderful day.